Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm the master of ceremonies. And I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. Oh, Before we get weird. into what may be our most important episode ever, we have an even more important question. We have a request question. Okay, request question. Our uh, first one. Our Yes, our first request question. Uh, asking specifically about horror villain tag team match. Right. Uh, taking on the team of... Hannibal and Bill Skarsgård Pennywise. So just a man and an interdimensional demon. Versus Chucky, the Chucky doll, and Carrie. From versus a doll and Jesus. Now, this so, is an interesting <laughs> argument because um, half of each team will be doing absolutely nothing. nothing while the other two have a... Um, Full like, on galactic I battle. Just, like, like, like a Marvel comic from the early <laughs> 80s level battle of will. Because think about it. Carrie is so psychologically broken that it's like a feeding ground for uh, something like Pennywise to mm-hmm. use against her. But then all of her mental anguish makes her even more powerful. And since they kind of run on the same stuff because mm-hmm. all Stephen King's magical villains all just have a different variation of the shining and things like the psychic vampires from Dr. Sleep and Pennywise both can yes. consume it. So I would say that based solely on his millennium of experience with the abilities Pennywise. However, I do not think that it will be as easy as he presumes because he's probably never un. Unless we talk about the world turtle, but we don't have time to talk about that, so I'm going to say Pennywise. <laughs> I I have to agree because Pennywise has a little bit more control over his yeah. powers he, comparatively yeah. to Carrie. I would think at least. I mean, both of them really aren't a fan of snotty, attituded preteens and adolescents. That's both of their cardinal weaknesses. However, Carrie is able to overcome those weaknesses by killing them with fire. Um, but I still would give it to Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Now, are you ready to talk about Jigsaw? Let's talk Jigsaw. So I have quite an introduction for this. Ooh, exciting. After a decade of silence, the buzz is back. While a tagline for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the same is true for Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's been ten years in movie and seven years in real life. The story of Saw continues, or so it would seem. Before we get into this movie, I have some preliminary explanations to make. I want it to be known ahead of time that despite my best efforts, it may be difficult for me personally to remove my personal bias for this movie. While the points I will make in this review will be honest when they are positive, I should advise you, the listener, that any negative comments that Danny or myself I'm going to give, extend this to you. Okay. Make on this episode about this movie should be taken with a grain of salt. Now, with that out of the way, you guys fucking ready to get absolutely hyped about Saw again? Because that was what the world was like back in 2017 when Jigsaw was not only announced, but also produced, created, and released. The world had been in a renaissance of new content and IPs, both stemming from the Twisted Pictures part brainchild Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. That had been making movies kind of since Saw stopped. That kind of became the name in horror. Obviously, yes. it wasn't the only name in horror, but it was the biggest one at the time. Uh, at the time, the world had moved away from gore and was looking more simply at the way horror entertained them. Uh, in this world, a Saw movie was born to satiate the tastes of the newly developed horror world that had dawned when Saw, Saw was in its dormancy. In a word, I'd characterize Jigsaw with hype. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, what do you yeah. like? What do you like? What, are, what is your introduction really um, to this? So for me, Jigsaw had released, and I didn't see it in theaters because mm. I was still a little too young at the time. I you think. were a year before starting college. No, that. I don't know how I missed this movie in theaters because this is the same year I saw it. But for some reason, I think I it missed. probably was because it came out in September and this came out in October, and it was just such a huge cultural milestone. That's true. Which I mean, isn't to say that Jigsaw wasn't good, mm-hmm. but it was like 
it, re- it was it, it be- a redefining feature. Like, when you have a character that then becomes, like, talked about in the same sentence as Heath Ledger's Joker mm-hmm. in terms of, like, cultural impacts, you're going to sign yourself up for t- to be overlooked if you're something that's not that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know why I missed Jigsaw, but I didn't end up seeing it until, I'm pretty sure it was my freshman year in college. Was so it, it had with been out. us? Did we watch it together? I don't think so, because I saw it for the first time by myself, okay. which was an interesting experience. Right. <laughs> but I think I was just alone in my dorm one night, and I was like, oh, this is out. And so I threw it on. Did I lend it to you? You might have. Because I know the second time I watched that movie was with Steph because it was the first time she was watching it because we were doing our silver screen watch through and she hadn't seen Jigsaw so we used okay. that as our like jig is up entry gotcha um because also the uh just quickly with Ice Nine Kills the bridge of that the, the chorus of that song has some weird like memory in my brain of something that had to do with the trailer for Jigsaw okay. so I associated it more with jigsaw that i did with any other movie which i think is kind of nice for this movie because that it has yeah. that little position um but man i was a freshman in college uh in 2017 and there was i was so excited for this movie to come out so much so that um maybe just because of how things are in macomb or just straight up because there was a bunch of shit out mm-hmm. we didn't get it at school it wasn't oh, at the theaters. Okay. So uh, me and a friend of mine drove to Burlington, which is an hour away in Iowa, to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting because the preceding like week or two, uh, we had watched all the movies together because she hadn't seen them at all, and had uh, won in a raffle at the beginning of the year the like five pack of Wrong Turn, um, a pack with all the Ring movies, including the like Rings. remake. Uh, and all the Saw movies, excluding Jigsaw, because it hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. So we watched all of them, um, and then we were both fucking real hype for Jigsaw, because I'm like, now you know as much as I do. Like, yeah. going into this, it'll be interesting. Um, so that was just the mood. It was like, we're, this is, like, now I'm an adult, I can enjoy Saw, which is what was so, ex- you know, I was so excited, because mm-hmm. the trailer was fucking intense. Um, there was a lot of mystery about what it was about, um, and everything that was in the trailers would be like, hey, this movie, we're not pulling punches. This is going to be fucking brutal, but yeah. it's not just going to be schlocky. It's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready. I'm so excited for this. Um, so we switch up. Obviously, the world has changed. We switch up how this movie got made. Mm-hmm. It's an enti- almost entirely new crew of people set to make it. Yes. So it is property of Lionsgate and the production company of Twisted Pictures, which dovetails with you know Lee Whannell and James Wan. But it was directed by German brothers Peter and Michael Spierig, who have written and directed a movie called Predestination, Daywalkers, uh, that Winchester movie with mm. Helen Mirren, yeah. uh, and a movie called Undead which is on par with Evil Dead, the original, in terms of, like, a fucking really solid movie made for, like, no money by, like, 12 people. Nice. It's a really good like, zombie movie that mm-hmm. I have seen, um, and it was almost entirely put together by the brothers and, okay. like, people they knew. Um, it was, so Jigsaw was written by Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger, who have written a lot of very different things um normally they write together so Mm -hmm. some of these credits are more for one of them as opposed to both but collectively um i know at least josh stolberg wrote the first two episodes of avatar the last airbender really the the first two episodes of the show he wrote huh uh they also together have written piranha 3d and 3 double d uh, a movie called Sorority Row, which is a standard slasher you know, college movie. Uh, Kappa Kappa Die, which sounds pretty standard. Yep. And an upcoming Nightbreed show. Do you know what Nightbreed is? I don't. Do you know what Hellraiser is? Yeah. It's the expand. It's the Silmarillion, essentially, of that. Oh. In the sense that it's not the Silmarillion, but it's another weird, like, labyrinthian world that Clive Barker created Mm -hmm. that has similarities with hellraiser um but 
it's another thing that's made from his writings. Okay. Um, and it was a sh- it was a movie back in like the eighties that's like a cult hit that now is getting the rights to make a show because now Clive Barker has the rights to Hellraiser, which is why fucking a bunch of Hellraiser stuff is coming out. Mm-hmm. Where he basically just got the rights to his own shit, which is why Candyman is being remade, Hellraiser is probably being remade, and this is being made into a show. Okay. So good for him. Yeah. So. I don't know if we've talked about executive producer Peter Block at all in this so. franchise. That's on me. Peter Block, back in 2003, he was producing, you know, not great stuff. Leprechaun 6, Back to the Hood, mm. uh, in 2003 specifically. The next year, he was made executive producer of Saw, I think from Lionsgate. Okay. Um, he's not part of Twisted Pictures. He's just another executive producer. Uh, he went on to executive produce every single Saw movie, including this one. Okay. He also executive produced The Devil's Rejects, Ooh. Repo the Genetic Opera, Great. 2008 remake of Rambo, which was a Lionsgate, so which is why okay. I know he just works for them, uh, and dozens upon dozens of horror movies, both so-so and really solid. So he really is on the pulse of, like, C-list type horror that is like mostly up and coming people mm-hmm. or, or people trying to make something they really are passionate about. Specifically a man by the name of Adam Green who went on to make the Hatchet franchise getting his start on a little movie called Frozen. Not the Disney movie, the 2010 horror movie. Which is fucking amazing and one day we will talk about at yes. length. Uh, he's also the executive producer of the uh, hit show Adam Green also brain, uh, created called Holliston. Because Holliston was featured on Fearnet, which I think was just, like, his big project. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if whoever started Shudder, like, was an executive producer. Okay, I think, yeah. I think it is, but, like, Fearnet was, like, the proto version of Shudder. Um, there was its own channel. It was, like, mm-hmm. on, you know. So he, Holliston was on Fearnet. So he did a bunch of Fearnet specials that he appeared on as himself. He produced those. So he pretty much was, like, the guy behind Fearnet. Yeah. At least that, from what I saw. Uh, so he's also uh, on the pulse of massive movements within the horror world with Saw uh, and Frozen and things like that. Uh, he did like the Crank movies. He's made like a lot okay, of like yeah. big budget movies, but also these like lesser known horror movies because he clearly really likes the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate him, and I am sorry for looking over him this entire series because uh, he seems like a really cool guy. That yeah. I wanna, I'm sure now that I know his name, he's gonna we'll be fucking everywhere. everywhere. Uh, a lot of the production staff and crew were around for the Spearig's other projects, namely the stuff like um, that uh, Predestination movie. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. people that have like what were like uh, you know cinematographers or stuff like that, sound mixing music, they've worked on these other things. So I've, it sounds to me like Lionsgate was just like, we need a new Saw movie. You guys have done the Saw, uh, just make make, make Jigsaw, um, which that could go either way. And has a very specific flavor for Saw for this movie, which I'll get into later, like with mm-hmm. why this movie feels like the way it does because of how the directors made their previous horror movies. Yeah. So this one also had a blood drive, which I remember mm-hmm. thinking was cool because I'm like, now I can go and participate in it. But I was in Macomb and nowhere near anywhere they were doing it. Yeah. Uh, but as part of the traditional blood drive, the give till it hurts blood drive, each person that would donate blood at the specific locations during specific times, would receive a free movie ticket to see Jigsaw. That started October 10th of 2017 Mm -hmm. and ran until the 25th. The movie then opened the following weekend, which was like the 30th. It opened like Halloween weekend, standard. Mm -hmm. Which was cool because I'm like, fucking, I can actually experience this. Um, It was also specifically written as a way to minimize the torture and extreme violence the previous series installments came to be known for. So it falls back on believing its own press that it's this schlocky torture porn movie when the people that made it have always understood that's not what it was about. Mm-hmm. So another reason maybe the gore could have been cooler or more saw-like, but they opted more for something sleeker and better mm-hmm. looking, which does work, yes. especially for how modern this movie decides to take things. Mm-hmm. Um, it opted for making people more uncomfortable with the claustrophobia, uh, which I don't really get because people weren't really trapped in things. Yeah. Um, but they really did want to um, 
emphasize the gloss and the style that they did. Mm-hmm. And this movie is very stylish. I remember yes. seeing the, the trailer and I'm like, this is like Saw you know, 2.0. Like, this is Saw now, mm-hmm. which is cool because it is. It's yeah. Saw 10 years after, you know, the death of John Kramer. So each of the primary cast members, including Jigsaw, who does show up in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, despite all the marketing being like, Jigsaw's dead. And we're like, yeah, we know. He's been dead since He's Saw 3. He's been dead for a while. Like, we, a we, while. like we know. Kind of like, remember in Spiral when like, the trailer came out and we were watching it and we're like, he's targeting cops. And we looked at each other and went, yeah, he's yeah, always done he's that. He's done that before. <laughs> so again, I think that what's cool about this and Spiral is they feel like the get-on points for Saw. So people watch these having not needed to see the other ones to get the gist of it, mm-hmm. to get them to watch the movies that will not spoil the movie or be spoiled in the movie they're currently watching. Yes. Um, with the exception of the fact that John is dead, but, I mean, he's been dying of cancer the entire time we've ever known him. Yeah. So it's a safe assumption to conclude, like, yeah, he'll probably fucking die. Um, do you want to get into the cast again? Yeah. All right, sweet. All right, so coming up first, we have Logan Nelson, played by Matt Passmore. Logan Nelson is, like, our sort of main character in the yeah. movie. And I really like him. The he's, actor is very good. I really good. like the actor in this. Um, he's from 13 Reasons Why, The Glades, McLeod's Daughters, Son of the Mask, which I think is a fun little bit. He, that was like, he was not like a main character. He was just kind of like in it. <laughs> yeah, he he mostly plays like nice, handsome yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, then we have Detective Halloran. This guy is prolific, and I can't believe I've never heard of him before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played by Callum Keith Rennie who is in um, Californication, Memento, Jessica Jones, Man in the High Castle, the Fifty Shades franchise. I've unfortunately seen him in both of those things, and he's very good in both the Fifty Shades franchise and Man in the High Castle. Uh, he was also in Battlestar Galactica, which is a fun little I think that's, tidbit. like, the big thing that he was in, is that he was, like, in Battlestar. Like, remember how the guy who died in Sausick, like, the dude who was, like, the guy that like William Easton, like his family mm-hmm. was the one being tested. Yeah. That he's like just the voice of Superman. Mm-hmm. Like for the last 25 years, they're just like, yeah. And then he's in this movie too. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have Eleanor Bonneville played by Hannah, Emily Anderson. She is also very good. I yeah. want her to be in more stuff. I want to see her more. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the purge TV show. That's something. If whenever we get to the purge, I want to watch the show. Cause it's short. And she is very good in it. Okay. She's one of the big things that really made that show stand out. Nice. Um, she was also in Shoot the Messenger and had small appearances on Saving Hope, Rain, and Lost Girl. Yeah. She seems to, again, like, she's still trying to break through, which is why it was great. She got Jigsaw. She was in The Purge. Maybe she'll be in more now. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have Detective Hunt, mm-hmm. played by um, Clay Bennett who was uh, Lamar Hoskins in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Got to talk about it. Like, no, like, that's not even just like, hey, it's a thing I know. This guy's been in so much stupid, like, stupid. This is a long He's been in a list. lot of stuff yeah. that I'm like, no, and I left stuff out. <laughs> um, he was also in The Tick, uh, Man in the High Castle. He was in the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs show. I didn't know there was a show. I didn't either. He's in Heroes, Heroes Reborn. Reborn. Um and he was in a show called Shattered with um, Callum Keith Rennie. Yeah, this was at the point where I was like, they're all just in the same shit, but I'm only going to mention it if at least four of them are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to appreciate that you included a show that was in my nightmares as a child, uh, Mr. Meaty on Nickelodeon. I, I think I even wrote, like, I'm sorry, I just have to keep yeah. going with this guy. He's in this He's shit? In a bunch He's in of this stuff. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Um, next up, we have Anna, who's played by um, Laura Vandervoort. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry <laughs> if I said it wrong. I probably did. Um, she was in Bitten. She was Supergirl in Smallville. That's her big cred. Is yeah. I've seen her show up in like Legends of Tomorrow, but like she wasn't Supergirl, but it was mm-hmm. like big because she was in it. She was in stuff before. Yeah, um, she was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. and Goosebumps as like a child. Yeah, like and all those shows are made in Canada, and I always try to find like if any of them like did anything later, and normally they didn't. Mm-hmm. But this is like the one time that like someone who was in Goosebumps 
did something big. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fun. And then rounding out our main cast, we have Ryan, played by Paul Bronstein, Bronstein. who is in um, 2011's The Thing sequel. Prequel. Prequel. <laughs> I never remember. Um, he was in Black Mirror, and most recently he was in Shazam. You know who else was in Shazam? Uh, the woman from Saw 5 who died in the bathtub. Was she really? I think they both play the adult versions of the superheroes the kids in the foster home turn into, which is, I think is really funny that they're both I like the that. same thing, and they both were both in Saw. Hell yeah. So, All right, let's jump into this. I'm going to give you the go-ahead to go ahead into the movie notes because I really want you to do most of the speaking. Okay, cool. Before we get into... Before we get into your your speaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is how talking works. I meant more like I have a whole <laughs> section later in the show that I've cut three pages from because I was too mean. I'm excited So I don't want to read those, so I'm... You're going to be in the driver's seats. Let's do this. All right, so this movie starts out with a very intense and hype opening credit Dude, crawl. The music which alone. Which has great music, yeah. Cool. Like, literally, I'm sitting in the theater, and the first thing I hear is, like, a more modern type of, like, I mean, it's not rock, but, like, it's a be- it's a more hype version of the theme. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, like, oh, like, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm just yeah. like, fuck yeah, man. Saw is back in theaters, bro. Um, so the movie's off to a really good start. It's it's a really nice opening to something that can be so fast-paced yeah. as most of the Saw yeah. movies have been. Um, I mean, most Saw movies start out with someone dying. Yeah. And this one does, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I do like your little note that um, naming this movie Jigsaw is a really I think it's a bold strategy to separate it from the regular Saw franchise. It's, again, because this movie was specifically, I believe, created to be a spinoff movie, that's why they didn't name it Saw 9. Mm-hmm. Like, they, or 8, rather. Like, there is a specific reason it is not named Saw 8, and I think that that needs, excuse me, to be addressed and highlighted yeah. and spiral is the same thing it's like we're naming things like jigsaw and spiral things that are very center of what saw is without calling it saw well and for spiral like, i think it was really smart for them to add the from the book of saw so right. you know it's adjacent but not a direct i don't relation. yeah maybe they just hadn't thought of it by the time they made jigsaw so mm-hmm. i mean you could pretty much just say like jigsaw from the book of saw yeah but like but i'm not gonna just like erroneously refer to jigsaw and spiral as saw eight and nine because mm-hmm. they just simply are not yes um so then we jump into the bucket heads beginning of the trap oh god man. which i think is I'm. I have to agree with you. I'm so surprised that they never did anything. It's like It's just before. like, like I'm sitting there watching it in the theater, and I'm like, how the fuck did no one think of this before? Mm-hmm. Like even just the look of it. Yeah. Um. Because there's just so much to groups group traps yes. in Saw, and every time there's a group trap, it's like. If a movie starts out with a bunch of people, I know the trap pot's going to be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Saw 2, Saw 5, this one. There's just, like, something about when there's a group of people trying to survive together that in this one doesn't seem in character for the people that live in the world. Mm-hmm. But, again, if you just kind of look over most of it, how we'll get into later, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk kind of... Before we, like, really... I mean, this is just the movie notes, so they're just kind of, like, random. Um, Can we kind of break down briefly just kind of the gist of what Jigsaw is about? Yeah, so... um, so Because it is kind of complicated once you think about it. It takes a little bit of um, maneuvering, I I would say. Yes. So, basically, there is this trap plot that is going on and is intermixed with our other plot, which follows um, Logan, Detective Halloran, and Eleanor, Actually, mostly. yeah, it kind of introduces a whole group of new cop characters. Yes. We have the coroners with Elle and Logan. We've got the two detectives with Halloran, and I can't remember the Cleo Bennett's name. Uh, um, Harris? No, that's his name in Heroes uh, of Born. Hunt, thank you. Uh, Hunt and Halloran. So cool, two H's. So the two of them are called to the scene of... Halloran's informant, mm-hmm. who 
I don't know why they were chasing him, but he woke up with like a detonator-looking thing. Yeah, he has a detonator in that his he hand. has called the police to his location so he can talk to Halloran, basically saying that there's a game starting mm-hmm. and that I'm just doing something that I was told to do. And you know they're worried that he's gonna blow something up, so they 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 target the detonator. But in the you know in the in the confusion, the guy is shot also yes. and is put into a coma, critical condition. But so because he's not awake, they can't suss out like what his deal was or like mm-hmm. that there's a game happening because he makes all these like vague threats about something kind of like a saw game. But it's been yeah. so long that they're like not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that it begins, trap plot wise is awesome because there is very little it's not like saw five where it's like this is why you're here this is what you need to do mm-hmm. this is just like this is the rules for this trap it doesn't explain who it is why they're there none of them seem to know what the fuck is like they don't yeah not like saw five where they're immediately like oh jigsaw i've seen it on the news this mm-hmm. they're just like oh, fuck which is kind of cool because the trap is so confusing when you look at it you don't know what you're supposed to do other than die so you're like it takes you a minute to get it Mm -hmm. well yeah and i think it's really interesting that as he hits that detonator you see the game starts the timer begins so it's again uh like a saw 2 where it's like the plot and the game are intrinsically linked Mm -hmm. and the cops now have this deadline where it's there's people being tested. You need to find them before they all die, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, is standard software, but it's done differently. So it's like not as, yeah, you know, boring. Mm-hmm. And so then we so yeah, then I'll jump into, um, in the bucket head room, yeah. they basically are, they have buckets over their heads yeah. and all they can really see is in front of them is a wall of, Saw blades. Well, and that first establishing shot of all of them just, just slumped against the, the wall with the buckets on their heads, with the chains around their neck to attach the wall. It's just so saw. Mm-hmm. Like seeing that image on, um, I don't know if it was in the posters or whatever, but like just seeing that, and I'm like, that's saw. Like I yeah. had no doubt in my mind that this was like, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that trap, as you said, you know, there's that wall of buzzsaw blades. Again, that's very, like, when you think of saw, at least most people think of buzzsaw blades. Mm-hmm. And they only first really used them in the last movie. And now they're, it's the first thing out of the gates. Like, mm-hmm. boom, buzzsaws. Immediately. Yeah. Um, and so basically what they have to do is they have to just cut themselves on a buzzsaw and the helmet will release and their door will open. <laughs> Simple, so they can right? continue through their... <laughs> With the chain, because the chain is pulling them through the wall. Yeah. And so, if they don't get cut, they're going to die in that yeah. first room. And our kind of final girl, which we've never had a final girl in Saw before, yeah. which is why I'm not a fan of Anna, because she's... Everyone in the trap plot seems like they should be in another slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they just behave... The opposite of how people in the traps normally do. Yeah. Um, and none of them seem to be, like, they don't deserve to be there. Like, even in Saw 6, when all those innocent people were being horrifically murdered in front of their boss, who clearly mm-hmm. had an emotional response, I felt bad, but, like, they were all shitty. Yeah. So I'm like, I know why you're dying. In this movie, when they're confessing what they've done, I'm like, that's it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's nothing. Yeah. And some of them, I'm like, Christ! Yeah. That's it's, horrible! That's, it's one of the extremes. The last two are the worst, Ooh. but everyone else, I'm just like, I mean, that's an honest mistake. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, really, but... Um, and, like I mentioned, that su- that you could die in that first room. One person does. One person <laughs> that, doesn't make it Oh, through. my God. It's so Because they don't wake up at that first. That poor sap. And because there's always, I mean, back in the day when we would talk about, like, all the, like, inaccuracies and stuff, they're mostly just, like, nitpicks. Mm-hmm. It's like, how in the world could... John have known that his sedative would have this person wake up with the exact amount of time they needed to fulfill the rest of this. Like it's all these moving parts that I'm like, really, I don't, it's a movie. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like who gives a shit. Um, But in this sense, I am like, it is kind of ironic that they're like, well, this guy just didn't wake up from his sedative Mm -hmm. and fucking died. (laughs) And I'm like this poor sap who just like wakes up two seconds before he like has to cut himself. And he just gets like, 
six Sliced. ways cut in half by yeah. all these saw blades. Well, and after that happens, we see a public display of him with the bucket on him just dropped over an overhang of a public park. That scene was the opening of the trailer, mm-hmm. which I saw. I was like, this is, I mean, we'll get this out of the way right now. Um, the person doing the games is not Mark Hoffman. Yes. Like, as much as I was going to see the movie, and I'm like, fucking Mark Hoffman's, like, back, and he's pissed. It's not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was seeing the trailer, I'm like, oh, shit, who does the, like, public shit? Mark does, like, Hoffman does that. Or at least whatever the killer is does not care. Yeah. Like, they are clearly a lot more dangerous mm-hmm. than John, and I don't know how scary that is. Yeah. And then, so, once they discover this body, they suddenly have something they can investigate. And so, they give their first clue into something that'll come back later, which is they use a laser to get the bucket off of the head. The laser is so cool. Because that's the first scene that we get everyone that's, like, team cop on the same scene. Because we get uh, Halloran... uh, I already forgot his name. Hunt. Uh, Halloran and Hunt are like, hey, our buddy Logan, like, who is the medical examiner? Like, what the fuck do we do? Which is cool because remember in, like, Saw 5 or 6, we, like, finally put, like, a name and a face and, like, a cohesive role through the franchise to the medical examiner? Mm -hmm. Because he was, like, Hoffman was sitting there like, how the fuck do you know, like, what Blade was using every single jigsaw piece? He's like, well, I did all of them. And I'm like, that's kind of cool because, like, that is another, like, facet of the police department. And this movie, they're like... Now they're a main part, which is cool because Logan also has lasers for autopsy reasons. I don't think those really exist, but I I wish they did because, like, fucking lasers, dude. (laughs) And I I have to agree with you. I do love the upgrade to the digital recordings instead of the tape decks. So they... So they found this body with the head... Or with the bucket still on its head and the... (laughs) um, Like... They pull the bucket off, and it's just, like, the lower jaw is the now the top of the skull. Like, mm. 80% of the head is gone. Uh, it's just been cut through. And they find this little tiny, like, SIM card stuffed, like, in the in jaw or, yeah. like, in the tongue or whatever the fuck. Uh, and it's, it says, play me. And they're like, oh, now okay. it's digital. And they get a... Uh, I don't know if it's a... It's not Spiral. Spiral is one that's actually the tape is a USB drive. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think it is just a... Like it says, and then there were four or something. Yeah. So it's like, hey, more bodies. So it gets the cops motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, nor, and it's interesting because how do you get a cop plot together when you don't know you have a serial killer? Like, Saw has always been able to lean on its cop plot because they're always trying to find John or anyone. So, like, you already know. This time, though, you they don't know they have a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So they have to be like, uh, then there were four. What four? Oh, shit. Now we've got to go and everyone, we're going to ignore a lot of it because they do it a lot. I think it's just the poor writing. But they every, like, ten seconds that there is any reference to the crimes of John Kramer or his name, they're just like, Jigsaw? That's impossible. He's, He's dead. dead. We know. That's like the thing. Like, so the whole, that this whole thing is to set up, like, well, if it's not John Kramer, then who is? But then they double down on, like, no, we found DNA at the scene that was John Kramer's. And I'm like, what are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,. So then the trap plot continues, and we see glowing red eyes on the Billy Puppet, which are creepy as all hell, and I love them. That trap plot, like, so they are on, so they have gone through the buzzsaw room. And they're now in they're a now barn. They're now in a barn, which is, again, the first time that we've ever had not derelict warehouse or building mm-hmm. as a setting. So it's cool because a barn clearly has a lot of things you could use to kill somebody. Yeah. Uh, and it's out of the way. So it it works there. So, mm-hmm. again, finding ways to be unique after seven movies. Yeah. It's very impressive. Uh, but the first trap, really, after they've gone into this room, I have a – I think I have a note about it. But they really just 
sat there and watched as this puppet, the, the whole, like, the, just like it, uh, with Amanda at the end mm-hmm. of her trap, where the full-on Billy puppet Rides tricycles tricycle. towards them with a tape recorder around its neck to be like, this is the next clue. Um, its eyes turn on, and it laughs at them. They just straight up stand there and watch as this happens, and then Ryan has, like, the kind of, like, fun Joss Whedon line of, like, no, that's oh, not yeah, creepy, that's not at, creepy all. at all. And I'm like, first of all, you ruined the moment. Second of all, you watched that you happen. wouldn't, no one would respond to that with sarcasm. They would respond to that with, fear. with like, unparalleled fear. Because they clearly have never seen anything like this before. They've never mm. been a part of anything like this before. And even the people that have didn't see that, which is horrifying. Yeah. Um, and so this, this yeah. trap is where they'll, they're going to be raised by their chains by the neck. So they yeah. will essentially be hanged. Unless, unless they confess. Well, the first thing they do is they're being pulled towards gears unless they confess. That's right. Which they believe they have to confess, when in reality what they need to do is just grab the tape recorder mm-hmm. and press play. Which I'm like, John wouldn't make that mistake. Yeah. However, the next one is like an actual trap. Which yes, is, um, which is that there are yeah. three different syringes, two of which have a acidic base, and one is just a saline solution. One is a saline solution, one of them is a cure. Mm. He poisoned this woman, yeah. or, or something. Um... Or maybe it... I don't remember. The point is that they're out of the three options. Two of them will not kill her, while a third will kill her. I thought Because it's poison. I thought two would kill her and one would release them. I could be wrong. Maybe it's that. I don't don't know. Essentially, it boils down to they have to make a decision on this one woman and... Because one of them will release them from their chains, yeah. hanging them, and so they make the brilliant decision to um, stab her with all them. three of them. I mean, I guess you're gonna get out, but also you're down you just a person murdered a person for no like. I don't know. A lot of the decisions that they make again don't make a lot of sense because they feel like they are in the wrong movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I guess we should just say because we've encountered our first one, Jigsaw is very different from the first seven movies in that... And this is not, like, me being negative. This is just me stating facts. Jigsaw is full of plot holes. Yes. Like, and not just nitpicky ones that we've ignored over the last seven episodes. Like, these are straight-up, full-on, don't-make-any-sense plot holes. Mm -hmm. Most of them you can kind of dismiss out of it's a horror movie, who cares? But after seven movies where they've been so diligent about everything, it just doesn't sit right with me. But, again, the longer that you repeat to yourself that it's not a Saw movie, the more you can kind of get over it. It just is harder for me because I'm like, who read the script and went, that doesn't make sense. Like, no one would read the script and not go like, wait, how the fuck? And this is like the most egregious one we'll get to later. I have a whole section that's just labeled the preposterous things. And they're more just funny, like, there's no way this could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first one where it's like, it's weird. That doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the trap is all about this one woman whose name is Carl- Carly, is her name, mm-hmm. who was a purse, a purse thief. Her sin was that she stole purses. That's bad. Uh, does it mean she doesn't value her life? Uh, that's neither here nor there. The point is that her actions resulted in the death of one of her victims. After Carly stole this woman's purse, the woman chased her, suffered a pe- an asthma attack, and died because her inhaler was in the purse that, this, that Carly stole. And she made the decision to make off with like the three bucks in this woman's purse that, rather than give this woman her asthma inhaler. inhaler. So, sorry. God damn it. Her inhaler. So, that specific amount of money that she stole was the like because the 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 syringes had different numbers on them Mm -hmm. and in the tape it said how much is life worth to you and she's like how much is life worth this is that specific number that i stole Mm -hmm. which would be so cool if they like executed it a little bit better because that is very saw to be like this little tiny detail that, like, only this one person would know. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, that begs the question, how the fuck did Jigsaw know? But 
there's a lot of times my questions begin with how in the world did Jigsaw know fill in the blank? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. So she's dead. Mm-hmm. They find the cops find another fucking horrible body. Yes. And find uh, a jigsaw piece cut out of her tongue with another little MPEG that's yeah. just like, eh, there's more people dying. Um, that really prompts the cops to get introspective, though. Yes. Uh, like it, every Saw movie, some of the cops are bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and some of the cops carry on while others know they are doing bad things. Mm-hmm. So Logan, his wife was murdered by uh, a crook, just like mm-hmm. some random criminal. Um, and he specifically is mad at um, Halloran because Halloran has a lot of different criminal informants mm-hmm. that he kind of, if they get arrested for whatever, he, he kind of like sweeps them under the rug yeah. or gets them out of prison or whatever. And there was a, a specific informant or guy that Halloran needed to not arrest yet for some reason. Uh, that would be, you know, so, so this guy doesn't go to prison and ends up murdering a young girl mm-hmm. that Logan finds on his table. And knows, realizes, like, who killed her and that Halloran could have just put him away. So he doesn't trust Halloran. He thinks his methods are stupid mm-hmm. and that he's a bad cop. He's right. Yeah. Halloran is not a good cop. Harris. Hunt. Hunts. Harris is his name in Heroes Reborn, which is why I keep saying it. Gotcha. Uh, so Hunts knows these things about Halloran, but it's kind of like, you know, you do, you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But he has a very specific close bond with Logan because the two of them were Marines together and they were, when they were deployed in the Middle East. Um, unfortunately, Logan was captured in combat by the Taliban when he was in Fallujah. And he was tortured for, like, mm-hmm. fucking a long time. Uh, and it really messed him up. So he comes out of this kind of like, hey, man, I'm just trying to get married, trying to have my daughter. And then his wife gets murdered, and he's, like, holding it together a little too well. Mm-hmm. So Her- Hunt is very much on this guy's side. You know, Halloran is very dismissive. He knows the way the investigation should go, blah, blah, blah. But Hunt is willing to give Logan the benefit of the doubt more so than another person would. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the same sense of, like, Rig and, and Hoffman kind of being, like, we, they get each other. Yeah. Um, which is special, and I, Logan has a bunch of really good relationships. Him and L, especially, mm-hmm. have really good relationships, but like they don't mean anything. Yeah. And I wish that they did because, especially his scene with Eleanor. Anytime he has a scene with her, it's great. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't ever really mean anything mm-hmm. because, I mean, truly, after we once we get to spoiler territory, I can talk more specifically about all of these things mm-hmm. and how I just wished for more because looking at it with this lens, you think certain things and then they end up not going anywhere. And I'm really glad you brought up Eleanor while you're talking about how people don't really trust each other because it's around this point when the cops find out that Eleanor <laughs> frequents a website that's like about Jigsaw. What is it called? Do you remember? I don't. It's called it? JigsawRules.com, <laughs> which is so funny because Halloran brings it up. Like, he's just like, yeah, we really did some digging. We found uh, this uh, website, Jigsaw Rules. And if you'd believe it, it's pro Jigsaw. I'm like, seller detective work, Halloran. <laughs> you went on the internet and found a website, and it was about this. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we got a lot of hits coming from, like, this place. Like, you know, so we know that Eleanor is on to this mm-hmm. and i'm like so who cares it doesn't yeah. mean anything um however once logan kind of like approaches l about it because she is justifiably weird yeah and she is a little too okay with jigsaw and his methods and and, and whatnot so she's a I wouldn't say effective red herring, but she's definitely who I think the writers want you to think it is. Yeah. Um, but she brings Logan to her studio. Where she's got a bunch of trap replicas. It's a warehouse full of traps that she found uh, like the plans of on the internet, and she's built herself. Mm-hmm. Among these are mainstays like the peephole gun from Saw 2. The uh, angel trap from Saw 3 that kills Carrie. Um, the box that Strom escaped from. Mm-hmm. 
and the reverse bear trap, of course. Along with something that they call, I believe, is the, um, the spiralizer, spiralizer. Um, which is essentially a human blender um, that... Go off on this. I, yeah. You have all the notes. So um, <laughs> the spiralizer was modeled off of a vegetable slicer, um, and it was originally a concept conceived by Darren Lynn Bowsman for use in Saw 3 on The Judge, um, which they didn't use then. They do use in this movie. The spiralizer is a metal as fuck way it's to kill somebody. It is a giant, um, like funnel-shaped device that has a spiral of like blades, blades in the center, so a person could be lowered into it and pass through unharmed. But if they touch the blades, they just become coleslaw. Yeah. Uh. And it, it operates, at least in Jigsaw, on the same sort of way that the trap from the judge, from Saw 3 with the judge did, mm-hmm. where it's someone that's going to die horribly unless someone does something. Uh, when we get to it in the movie, it does kill the fuck out of somebody. But when we first see it, all of the, like chicanery with which it is displayed is destroyed the second that l decides to tell logan that apparently john kramer put together a game quote unquote before all the others that he used this in and before you can say no he didn't logan does where he goes not a single person ever died in a machine like this maybe it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But she goes, but what if it did? And that's just, like, that's how they made the movie. Yeah. Someone went, what about this? And they went, but what if uh, we did? Which we'll get into later. But specifically, the, the trap is supposed to insinuate, or the, the statement is supposed to insinuate that there was some period of John's life that we haven't seen. And while that is true, uh, we've seen a great deal of it to know that um, there is a high unlikely uh, per- probability mm-hmm. that this ever happened. Yes. However, we are currently watching people go through this trap now. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome to think that someone like looked into the like studio sessions of jigsaw and was like he wanted to make this trap but never did i'm gonna fucking make it and kill people with yeah. it yeah because that's what happens here it's mm-hmm. fucking so cool <laughs> like when that kid dies in it i'm like you didn't deserve it's, to die but like it's wow gnarly. wow um i'm i have no idea where we are in the notes <laughs> uh, so at this point we jump back to the trap plot where um, Ryan's kind of looking around for an easy way out, and he ends up getting his leg caught yeah. in a little, like, wire situation where yeah. he essentially has the option to either stay there or pull a lever that will cut through his leg and it, release it. It'll turn his leg into sushi. Like, it yeah. just, like, cuts it into several pieces. Um, and he only got there because he decided to go for a door that said, not an exit. And he was like, fuck this, and then fell through the floor to get his leg caught in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, whoever set this up anticipated that someone would break the rules and did this as a punishment. Yeah. And the other two head into what looks like the silo yeah. in order to look for what's next. Yeah. When the door behind them shuts and a video feed shows up for, the, for Ryan, whose leg is caught... As it shuts and it begins to fill with grain. Yeah. So they're essentially going to suffocate in grain. Which is a real thing. A lot of people die. Lots of people annually die that way, and it's very scary. Unless Ryan pulls the lever to cut his leg open, or cut his leg into like thirds in order to open the door. I don't know if I have it written down there or not, but the way that they do the trap is so cool because. In classic fashion, it's putting, giving someone the choice, a selfish person, the choice between doing something that they won't like to themselves or two people dying. Mm -hmm. And for that, them, 
it's an actual problem. Yeah. So, like, it's just wild that he was like, but, like, I would lose my leg. I'm like, two people are about to drown in grain and sharp objects. I was like, and to make matters worse, yeah, they the just grain stops it. at one point when they're just like head, swimming like, in yeah. it. And it starts dropping buzzsaw blades it just drops and pitchforks. sharp things to be like, kill them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I mean, eventually he does. He doesn't feel so great, but he does it. And they, those two survive before the one guy ends up going in to the human blender. And the kid, his only sin, according to Jigsaw, who is on the tapes. So, like, we are led to believe that this is Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. But we're like, you know, he's used voice modulators before. Yeah. It's I not mean, out of the realm of possibility. People have done it. Again, it's, it's like a, well... How do we know it's John Kramer? Because literally, this has been a thing forever, and a lot of people have done it. And like, I don't know. It's just like maybe they haven't looked at the case files in a while and just forgot all these details. Yeah. Uh, but he tells this this kid who's in the trap that uh, he sold a bike to a young man, uh, a, a motorcycle, mm-hmm. uh, that he knew the brakes were faulty on, but he sold it to him anyway. And then the kid immediately died in a motorcycle accident. Yes. John claims that this unfortunate soul was his nephew. Uh, I'm not even going to open that can of worms as to, like, John had a family. Like, we had no idea. Like, so that out of the way aside, like, this is not something that would merit that. Especially with this, like, giant monolith of death that... uh, he is, this kid is going to be lowered into this blender, essentially, and he has to reach for a brake, on, like a motorcycle brake, that would stop the blender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't and dies. Yes. It's horrible, and it looks awesome. It is so cool. Before we get into spoiler territory, I need to break so I can head out. Okay. So we'll have to do spoiler territory. Good. In round two. Good. As a matter of fact, I might just record my whole bullshit okay. thing. Um, you know what? No, because I want your input, too. Okay. <laughs> so we will get to that uh, momentarily. I think in our fun little interim uh, section between this and the next, we can go out on uh, anything fun. I don't know. What kind of music would be fun to go out on <laughs> between these two? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. We'll make something fun. All right. We'll be right back. (laughs) 